0: It's the Sleevers Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 15th, coming to you live from an Airbnb in Chicago, Illinois. After the Champions Classic, we are pleased to be joined. Cicero, joining. Illinois. Cicero, Illinois. We are pleased to be joined by the one and only Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated's own. It is roughly 1258 AM Eastern time right now. So we're running low on sleep. High on adrenaline, high on tears over here, but uh, Kevin Sweetie's in the house. How are you doing? I'm good. I just found out that there's something
1: called Ciceroopoly, which is like Cicero Monopoly. Um, so that that was a bit of a brain breaker for 1 a.m. on, uh, I guess, a Wednesday morning. But uh, appreciate you guys having me out as always. It's a pleasure. Carter, are you doing okay? Uh, I'm a little...
2: Self-conscious right now uh, after doing episodes, you know, in the comfort of my own home with my ring light, with my camera, with my lighting, I just don't like the way I look right now. Why am I so pale? Well, you're, I mean, I, we're going to blame it on life. We, I mean, gonna I'm going to blame it on I'm life. just saying, have you seen that YouTube video, like the three kids, like argument about two
0: like Hall of Fame baseball players? We look like that thumbnail. Okay. We're going to, we're going to move on a uh, couple things to just address. This is going to be an unorthodox episode, Carter and I obviously have a rhythm with what we do five days a week from our home studios with topics and all of that. Uh, We're not doing Discord comments tonight. No offense to the Discord, but we just don't have enough time. We have a lot to recap. Right to my left right here off screen is a full cooler that Carter Elliott packed himself. In his own words, it's a great
2: cooler. No, that's not what I said. I said I packed us a cooler with
0: what I had at my house. In Kevin Sweeney's words, it's a what cooler? It's a little underwhelming. That's what it is. That's fine. That's fine. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm happily drinking the drinks. I'm having a nice time, but it's a little underwhelming. Okay, that's it's fine. And I'm, and I'm
0: fine with that. I'll accept that. We're going to work our way through this cooler throughout the episode is the point. We have multiple games to recap. Michigan State and Duke, Kentucky and Kansas, obviously the games of the night that all three of us were present for. Uh Illinois, Marquette, another huge one. Carter and I did tune into that. We went to the sports bar at the United Center to make sure we tuned into the second half. We also had Creighton, Iowa, which was a really exciting game for about 75% of it. And then uh, we may, who knows, we may even preview some yucky games tomorrow. We'll see. There also may be a food delivery in the middle of this episode. It's 1 in the morning. I have absolutely Doordash some food. So uh, full of surprises this episode. Like we said, no comments. We love you, Discord. Join the Discord if you want to support Sleepers. Uh it is $9.99 a month, I believe. Link in every video that we do. Let's get straight to it. Michigan State, Duke. Uh, Michigan State looked very underwhelming in the first half, 20 points at halftime. Uh, you were distraught. I mean, we sat right next to each other and recorded a quick video, but like there was no offensive identity whatsoever. Uh, they were switching a lot defensively, and it did cause Duke's backcourt some problems, which I thought was intriguing. And look, Tyson Walker did everything he could to make this a game. Absolutely everything he could. Ultimately, uh, Kyle Filipowski and uh, honestly Duke as a whole with Caleb Foster and with all of the versatile weapons that they have proved too much for the Spartans and Tyson Walker specifically tonight. Sweeney, I'll throw to you first. We'll make Carter sweat it out a little more. Uh, What was your impression? Is this as bad as it seems for Michigan State?
1: I don't think it's as bad as it seems because it's a shooting slump, right? Like Michigan state will not shoot 20% from three for the season. I think Izzo joked in the post game that like they shot 6% in game one and 12% in game two, and they're like 30%. So their pace is pretty good. I mean, I, I thought it's not going to continue. And Izzo is probably more optimistic than I would have been, but I don't think it's all bad for Michigan state right now. I will say this, and I thought this for both teams, but especially for Michigan state, right? Like, there's been a lot made, like, go Champions Classics week two now. Teams have a couple games under their belts. And why is that? Well, coaches don't really like playing Champions Classic on opening night. Um, They want to have a couple games to get their feet under them. And I thought the two teams tonight that had legit returning production, being Michigan State and Duke, both teams bring back four starters, uh, and then a the fifth rotation player, Ryan Young, in, in Duke's case, and Mully Call in Michigan State's case, both teams, both those teams look like really sloppy and really like still figuring shit out, right? Like Michigan state is still really looking, I think for an identity. Part of that's a confidence thing, shooting the basketball, but for a team that is quote unquote, run it back team, it doesn't feel like they know who they are yet. And I thought Duke was still figuring out what they are. I think the Proctor thing is still developing. It's going to be different guys on different nights with McCain and Foster. Both guys have had good moments and bad early in the season um, So I, I guess I was surprised by how much it feels like both teams still need to grow. Uh, I thought Duke was the better team today. I think Duke is the deeper, more talented team. Um, and I think that will be the case whenever Michigan State plays elite opponents, unless some of these freshmen get forced spend minutes more than they've gotten so far.
2: Well, I guess that that kind of swings it to me on this one. Um, I, I told myself I would not come to doom and gloom, uh, to this to this kind of portion of this segment. But typically, when I watch Michigan State teams early in the season, you you notice issues with any team. This is any team you look at, you notice issues with teams, whether it be shooting, whether it be cohesiveness, whether it be I don't know, just certain players not stepping up, right? Coming into the season, the storyline was backcourt, backcourt, backcourt. Like, yes, there's question marks at the five. Yes, maybe there's even question marks if Malik Hall is going to be that great at the three. That wasn't like, I'm sorry, at the four. That wasn't like throughout the whole fan base, but there were some that were questioning that. I don't think anyone could have foreseen A.J. Hogarth playing as bad as he has played through these three games. I believe currently, if I saw the stat correctly, he's shooting five for 26 from the field um he is I think that rounds out to about 23 to 22 percent and I'm not saying that AJ has to be amazing you know there was a lot made over the summer that AJ was taking notes that everyone is calling him uh not one of the better point guards in the country you can't do that and then come out and just basically honestly lay an egg like even AJ himself has said that he has played bad there was a quote by one of the Michigan State beat writers who talked? To Izzo saying that AJ came in the locker room and said, "If I keep playing like this, you need to bench me." Don't one don't think that happened. Two, it uh, didn't happen. Two, it didn't yeah, happen. Two, yeah. You just you can't have. And and I don't want to ramble on about this, but I'll end it with this. The last thing I'll say is, yes, AJ isn't playing well, but that's not even the really the worst of what he's playing. Like, it's the fact that he has the mental lapses as as a senior. He has effort issues as a senior. That's just not something you can have. And unfortunately for him, in regards of Michigan State point guards, there there is always this Izzo and the point guards being hand-to-hand, arms and arms like the leader on the floor. And up until this point in his career, AJ has not been able to sustain that. And I think it's kind of seeping into the rest of the team. Now, there's issues we can talk about, like Sweeney said, shooting, all that going on. But at the root of it, you have veteran players that are still making mistakes that veterans shouldn't make. And you're also not seeing the younger guys given the opportunity, The you're given the same leash as the older guys on this team. We had Xavier Booker as a DMP in the second half. Our McDonald's All-American played five minutes in this basketball game. And I just don't see that being
0: sustainable when the Michigan State front court is playing the way they're playing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to square with Xavier because uh, I I think Xavier has shown flashes in very limited minutes of higher upside than we've seen from Mottis Sissoko or yeah. from Carson Cooper. But also, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be on rank next week, right? Yeah, around there. I would say, yeah. like, 20s. Right. 20s twenties so, are up. So I spent the summer
2: getting excited about what my team could be, I did look at Airbnbs in Phoenix. Okay, all right, I did, right. I did, I took a peek. That's on you.
0: That's on me. That's okay. on you. All right, yeah, I took, it's a little
2: I, early for that. I, I took a peek, and a in a week and a half, I've gone from
0: four in the country did you not know to who, on rank. Did you not know who AJ Hogarth and Malik Hall are? And Madi Sissoko? He said did he, you not know? I don't know. I've I, I Not sip, sure. I sip the Wap Kool Aid. Sip the Wap Kool Aid. Okay. I did. So here's a couple things for me on Michigan State quickly. Uh, why I think this isn't necessarily like super fixable. Um, uh, offensively, it, Tyson Walker and Jay Nakins are the only guys that can shoot on this team. They combined for nine three point attempts in this game. They shot four for nine from three. Those two. Tyson was three for five, and they were all tough. I mean, it was like one-on-one clear out off the dribble threes, and he was making them because he's a superstar, right? Mm -hmm. Four for nine, those two guys that can shoot. Nobody else on the team can shoot. The rest of the team shot two for ten from three. And if you look at their previous games, the other guys shot more attempts than this. This was actually the first game where the attempts went to the guys that you needed them to – And it still is just an ugly split because no one on this team can shoot. And the attempts that Tyson Walker and Jay Nakins are getting are tougher than it's ever been in their careers because just the defenses don't respect Cohen Carr or Malik Hall or Manny Sissoko or Carson Cooper or even A.J. Hogarth right now. And I don't know what you do with that. Um, Outside of that, just in general, man, the whole sell on Michigan State taking a leap forward – From being the team that lost all these games, it was middle of the pack in the Big Ten for three straight years. The leap forward was that this freshman class was special. And Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, and Jeremy Fears tonight combined for 24 minutes. There is no leap if that's the small impact that those three guys are going to have. And I think in that limited time, we've seen signs. Cohen Carr also had mistakes tonight. Cohen Carr blew a box out in the first half that probably limited him from getting closer to 20 minutes in this game. Xavier Booker didn't get a chance in the second half. Jeremy Fears was in foul trouble in the first half. I don't know what you do if you're those guys to earn Izzo's trust, but when Malik Hall and A.J. Hogard and, I mean, any center, it doesn't matter if it's Cooper or Ahsoka right now, they're all making mistakes. And it doesn't feel like those guys are necessarily held as accountable as the freshmen are I don't see the ceiling. I just straight up don't see the ceiling from where this team has been the last three seasons. So at, at, at some point you just have to play these guys through it. Right. Yeah. Like I
1: I understand that Xavier Brook Xavier Brooker skinny, but like I just don't know how you watch what Marty Sissoko did today and say that's like this is what we're gonna what we've got and we're gonna roll with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it can't be there, right? Trey Holloman can't be getting more minutes than Jeremy Fierce, like I just don't think we can be there. I know he brings it defensively. I know he competes if this team is an elite college basketball team, you can't have zeros offensively on the floor, yeah right? and, and they have too many of them right yeah, now. yeah
2: and and if and the, and those guys are gonna take lumps throughout the season as freshmen, but like you might as well in order to do that, you gotta throw them out there. And for the folks at home wondering how this episode is going to come back to Doug McDaniel, this is how is that going to come back? Unfortunately, last year, Jalen Wellen tore his ACL. That forced Doug McDaniel into the fire, and he was forced to start for this bas- for the Michigan's basketball team. And I truly think because he had a full season last year and he was in the fire, that is making him a better player this season. And he he might have made that jump no matter what. But I'm saying that him having that full last season definitely helped him make the jump he's going to make this season. I don't know if Izzo has the – I mean, I don't know what the word to be used. is. I don't know if he could actually bench A.J. Hogard. But you cannot have both A.J. and, and Trey Holloman just eating up all the guard minutes on this team. I think that you have to let Jeremy Fears play major minutes. And some games, it might not look that great. But I think that dude competes. I think he plays hard. And right now, our starting point guard is not playing hard or competing in my eyes.
0: So we'll move on in a minute from Michigan State. But the whole dialogue leading into this game, we talked about it yesterday, was A.J. Hogarth's a big game guy. We've seen that throughout his career. I pushed back on that hard. I said, if you look at the numbers, I don't think he is a big game guy. I think he's a random game guy. I think he picks and chooses when he wants to show up. It has nothing to do with big games. It's it's something within his head that we'll never understand. Uh, tonight, he was one for eight from the floor. Uh, he did have eight assists, which, again, we've seen in what I would call bad AJ Hogar games. He's still a high assist game guy. Um To me, I mean, defensive breakdowns were all over the place for AJ tonight, especially the two back breaking threes where he left Caleb Foster in the corner. But the more interesting thing to me, body language PhD cart, you and I watched this from the corner. He was really taking a leadership role on with the freshmen in a combative, chirpy way. Mm -hmm. He didn't take that on with any of the vets. Right. And I don't think he's holding himself to the things he's yelling at the freshmen for. Did you pick up on that tonight?
2: I did. And like, when I go back to looking at the leaders in basketball, it's not all about just like you you take things with a grain of salt. If the player who's preaching it and chirping it is not practicing what he's preaching. Like that message doesn't hit the same. And I think those players on the team are seeing the same thing that some other people are seeing. You can't be out there having defensive breakdowns and body language issues and then come and preach about other guys picking it up. It's about everyone holding each other accountable. and it's about players themselves holding each other accountable. like the older guys in this team have played so much basketball, they should be able to hold themselves somewhat accountable and I don't think they're doing that right now. and in all honesty, like I don't want to pull the whole like previous Michigan state team and previous Michigan state players, but like it is a part of the culture is that there are players that hold themselves accountable. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, I don't think that we have necessarily had those players. And I think that kind of reflects the record of what it has been.
0: couple more rapid fire things for me. Quick answers. From I'm not having the time. That's a <laughs> quick, quick answers from you. Okay. What letter grade was this for Duke tonight? Was this their B game? I was going to say a B. Yeah. I, got, I thought they were good. I didn't think they were great.
1: Uh, I thought Caleb Foster making shots was a big development for them. They're going to need one of those two guards, consistently him and McCain, to to shoot it. Filipowski was good. I thought the biggest notable thing was that Ryan Young looked really good tonight. And I guess here's I mean, maybe, maybe this is overreacting to playing against, let's just call it how it is, bad bigs, right? Like, Matasoko's not a good big right now. Arizona's bigs are good bigs. Ryan Young looked pretty bad against Arizona's bigs. But I think Duke's going to need to be able to have a, a you know, traditional center minutes from, from Ryan Young.
0: He, he he delivered some today. You looked at me halfway through the game and said, what's Michigan state look like if Ryan Young's their center? Yeah. I also do that with a majority of probably the
2: top 250. No, I, I had centers. this,
1: I had this conversation with, with Doster uh, during the game. I, I, he, because when Ryan Young checked in the game, he's like, Ryan Young can't play in this game. He was so bad against Arizona. He Ryan Young's like way better than <laughs> Sissoko, right? Like, yeah. like Ryan Young, like, like people hate Ryan Young because he like can't jump over a textbook. I mean, we but, we we saw when he was at right. he, like he, was he was a he was like a perfect, State. He was a perfectly capable Big yeah.
0: Ten starting center. Yes, yeah. which.
1: It's what Michigan State could really depend.
0: Yeah, so. he had a really nice catch off. Uh, I forget who passed in the ball. We had a nice catch in traffic for finish. Yeah, Bill Cosby has some pretty nice passes uh, out of double teams to him. I thought he did. It was pretty good. I was impressed with Flip tonight, even though he didn't shoot well. I think uh, like Flip is obvious alpha on this team, first team All American. The guy who's not would be Tyrese Proctor. If you want to describe Tyrese Proctor for us quickly, you and I have been out on him all summer. I didn't see it tonight. Yeah, I just think a lot
2: of what is to come with Tyrese Proctor is a gear that he hasn't necessarily hit yet. Like I I think uh, Randolph Childress actually put it pretty, pretty simply, but also well put is that he's just, he just seems to kind of float out there sometimes. And he just doesn't seem as aggressive as he should be as a six, five guard who has length and is strong. I think that he should be able to make himself more prominent in games um And up until this point, I just don't think he has done that like you know, in every game that they've played so far this season granted it's early, I just think other
1: guards have made themselves more more prominent or taken over a little bit more. So I will defend Tyrese Proctor on one thing right like I didn't think he played great today. uh I think he earned some of the criticism after Arizona. I also think that he started this game slow and you could see his confidence shaking a little bit. Mm. And he played 38 minutes tonight, regardless. And he battled, and he grinded his way to 13, 6, and 6. And he also had a moment in right around the U8 where Michigan State was pushing. I think it was either 3 or 5 was the, the lead for Duke. And both Flip, like Flip was off the floor, and I think Roach was off the floor too. And he just had like a nice drive and dish, got him a bucket. He doesn't, like... For Duke to be, oh, they're the overwhelming number one team in the country, yes, Tyrese Proctor is to be All-American. But Tyrese Proctor being a good point guard gets Duke pretty darn far this year, right? They've got pieces around him. He doesn't have to do everything. And I thought tonight was a good example where he was good enough to get them to a victory Mm. and allowed other guys to
0: step up and make plays. And tonight that was Caleb Foster. Yeah, it was a really productive night if we're going to criticize him, right? 13-6-6, 39 minutes. uh, They ran the offense through him as much as Flip had mismatches. Like the ball was in Proctor's hands more often than not. I just, uh, I'm ready to wave the flag that he's the third, maybe fourth best guard on this Duke team. I, I looked at you at one point and was like, what what's the furthest we can go that's not stretching it right now? <laughs> I mean, but it, all, it it's also like it speaks to how good Duke's right. guards
1: are.
2: They got guards, like, man. Like being the fourth best guard on yeah. Duke is actually not that bad. Like on most nights, Jeremy Roach or Jared McCain or honestly Caleb Foster was a fourth best guard yeah.
0: against Arizona, and then you see what he. I mean, McCain no show tonight. It was crazy. Um, and also last thing for me, Mitchell. Is Cohen Carr if he had wet sand in his shoes? That was my yeah, deal. Well,
2: Cohen Carr, but well, Mark Mitchell is six ten, 6'9".
1: Six,
0: okay. What's Cohen Carr? Like Six, six five, five. 6'5".
1: Ah, he looks 6'10". I think yeah. I think Mark Mitchell kind of knows how to play. I don't think Cohen mm. Carr knows how to play Very yet. True. But Cohen
0: Carr's athleticism allows him to not know how to play and still make plays. Cohen Carr also not knowing how to play is like the third best offensive player of this Michigan season. It's terrifying stuff right now in East Lansing. Uh, okay, final. Uh, just assign a number to it. One to ten. How concerned are you? One word answer. With Michigan State? Yeah. Last time you told me not concerned. That's what you, you said. It was two on a scale of one to five. What is it tonight on a scale of one to ten? Seven. Okay, we're getting there. We're moving up. Let's move to game two. Uh, also, our our DoorDash just arrived, so I'm about to go grab that. We have a deep set, dish yeah, pizza. set us waiting. up and go get us some. Pizza. We have we have a deep dish pizza waiting. Kentucky, Kansas. I uh, I don't know what happened in this game. To be honest, we were watching the first half of this from the sports bar mm-hmm. with like a bunch of random people that we love to see in person, and then we watched the second half in person. And I feel like I was watching two different experiences. Uh, Kansas jumped on them early. Hunter looked great. It looked like all the Kentucky freshmen were just not ready. And then all of a sudden, it was a tie game. And then all of a sudden, Kentucky was up ten for like fifty percent of the game. And then. In winning time, they just kind of slipped and nobody knew where to go. And Antonio Reeves was missing 80% of his shots tonight, it seemed. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I have no idea how this was a close game. When you look at the box score and see what the Kentucky three trio best players shot, I have no idea how this was a close game. Hunter was phenomenal. That's all I know. And in the end, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCullough, and Hunter Dickinson proved way too much for this Kentucky team. But oddly, I'm more impressed with Kentucky leaving this game. What do you think, Sweeney? There's no such thing
1: as a moral victory at Kentucky. But also, that was like the ultimate moral victory game, <laughs> right? Like, Kentucky just, with all their freshmen and all their inexperience, just played... In a neutral court game against the number one team in the preseason with three senior starters and one junior starter. Um like they battled and battled and battled. Their freshmen delivered, right? Despite the fact that DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards combined to go one for 18 from the field, despite the fact that Antonio Reeves missed big shots late in the game. They competed their tails off. Like Dillingham's flurry he made four threes in 121 seconds that was unbelievable um you know I was incredibly impressed with Reed Shepard in the first half that I had shot late wasn't wasn't there and I thought Aduthiero was tremendous in this game right like everything you would have hoped to see from Kentucky you saw you saw the dynamic playmaking guards you saw the athletic wings you saw the ability to create mismatches and run by playing smaller at the five. I mean, again, it's it's hard not to be bought in with Kentucky um, that this team could make some real noise, right? Like, I, I, I don't know, you know, I guess the cliche thing would be to say that they win this game in January, but I'm just – I guess we'll see how it develops. Yeah, I'm gonna
2: comment. Let's still with some We're, door we're, we're not that. at 20, it's at yeah. twenty eight which is where's like, twenty nine? Twenty nine might be like to the left or to the. Be right. down where the street, do
1: I go? Just down the block. It's, just walk down the block. Yeah, CBC down, and Pizza. Where do I go? Like to the like left three. Or three of the right. Right. To the left or to the right? Which this one? Way, this way. To the right. To the right. This way. This way. This
2: way. Think so.
1: This is this is great podcast. This this really this is amazing podcast.
2: This is what I'll say. Uh, and I'm not a moral victory guy whatsoever. Like, I absolutely hate them in any setting, to be honest with you. I don't even care if, like, the whole team's out or whatever it is. They never sit right with me. I truly actually believe that, like, both teams somewhat showed something tonight and kind of, yeah. you know, in quotation marks, won it. Like, the whole time I was watching Kentucky, um, I was watching guys step up. Like, you mentioned Reed Shepard step up, Adutiero stepped up. And kind of the big three, or the 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 three main scores that Kentucky might look for, if you like put it on paper, Edwards, uh, DJ Wagner, and Antonio Reeves. None of them shot well. They shot horribly. I think Greg pulled up the numbers combined for them. I think like six for forty-four, eight, eight for forty-three. Is it eight for forty-three? I just highly doubt one of those guys shoot that bad. And then obviously it's it's hard to not look at this Kentucky team and be like damn, what would they look like with Brad middle? Or what would they look like if Big Z was eligible? But obviously you can't, you know, speculate on what that's going to be. And then you go to Kansas. And on a lot of our episodes, we talk about like teams having three guys or four guys where they can just go to war every single night and those guys will give you a chance to win. The fact that Kansas has Hunter Dickinson, Kevin Kohler, and Dewan Harris on a night-to-night basis is going to give them a chance to be so good especially with like all the skill sets of those players combined like you saw tonight what it looked like if you don't have a big man that can match up with Hunter Dickinson if you're undersized he's gonna pound you for 27 and 21 Uh, Kevin McCullough seems to be stepping into and thriving into the role that is what wing is gonna thrive in this Bill Self system and then Dewan Harris like I've always been an advocate that he does need to shoot more um, just because I think his aggressiveness opens up things for Kansas teams so much, but it got to winning time tonight and they were going under screens and Dewan Harris is going on eight Oh runs by himself. So you combine those three guys with the other pieces that they have. KJ Adams was probably one of the better utility guys, guys in the country. Uh, let's see if like guys like El Marco Jackson and Furphy improved throughout the season.
1: Like I'm feeling really good. If I'm a Kansas fan, that, that run by Harris with those two threes that was, was special incredible and it's just such a departure from what he's been which mm-hmm. is pass first pass second pass third yeah. but again like if I'm Kentucky the only way I got beat by maybe the best team in college basketball other than the Michigan Wolverines because I know Doug McDaniel is <laughs> the, the next Kuz, coming. Uh, leading yes, Kuzi award, award right now. Kuzi award leader um, it took DeWan Harris going five for five from three which he made like 34 threes all of last year it took hunter dickinson going for 27 and 21 having a heck of a day and by the way kentucky not having its bigs to match him mm-hmm. um and it took justin edwards dj wagner and antonio reese shooting eight for 43 from the field right mm-hmm. like that's what it took just to, just for kansas to be like there at the end in a close game with, right? a, like, with a lot of those being good looks i would say like i don't like, like, Anthony like has Antonio, three yes. open three <laughs> yes. to tie the game or take the lead in the
2: final 90s yes. dj seconds. wagner missed a lot of layups in this game right. justin edwards missed a dunk early on like it was it was uh, it, it's no. not as much like kansas defense is like actually kentucky missed shots i think they should make
1: i thought kansas showed the moxie and the toughness of a bill self team i thought they looked like a team that's going to win a million games right like kansas last season oh boy here we go they probably have to send you down to Pete, three. That, Pete, was a, that was a long I walk. i have
0: no idea where i was so <laughs>
1: pizza has arrived anyway uh my, my my view is like i think kentucky wins the exact same game that was just played eight times out of ten kentucky does yeah mm. and the fact that I feel that way watching, like just just watching how all of that transpired. Like, yes, it was great to see Kansas find a way to win a game. I didn't think Kansas was a, a great team last year. That's at the record for Quadrant One wins. This is what Kansas does. They don't feel overwhelming this year by any stretch.
0: Me, mm-hmm. like, oh, man,
1: full of just impactful winning so the, the, the dynamic nature of Kentucky today was really, really impressive to me, and it's why it's hard for me to pick this team. Okay.
2: All this up with this. You had – Knock my microphone out. I hope
1: not. No, blue snowball. We're good. We're good. Well, keep, okay. it keep, keep it rolling. It rolling. Keep, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Let's keep mm-hmm. it rolling. The number one team in
2: Kansas played tonight. Yeah. yeah. They won. They're facing a little adversity. Yeah. They won the game. Is that still, is that, did you lead that game in saying, like, oh, that's the number one team in the country?
1: Probably not. But I also thought they were better than when I saw them against Illinois two, three weeks ago. Okay. So that, so like they're, they're trending in right, the right direction. The thing for me with Kansas is they just are not going to have, like, they're going to be too reliant on Dewan Harris being really, really good and Hunter Dickinson giving him 30 and 20 if they can't get more from El Marco Jackson and Johnny Furphy, mm-hmm. like those two guys are the two freshmen with this group and El Marco was kicking the ball around in the second half and Furphy was quiet. I understand that everyone seems to like Furphy. They watched him like dunk over some like, like future Australian plumber and think he's like the most dynamic guy ever. I watched one Johnny Furphy game in AAU. I thought Johnny Furphy looked like he should be going to San Francisco, not Kansas. I'm, I, I, and I'm still staying strong that Johnny Furphy is Matthew Meyer. without the Kansas I'm addiction. I'm open to the idea that like I had a one-game sample there, and I know people say he looked great. The Johnny Furphy we all saw today is not the guy that's making a major difference on a national title team. Yeah, right? He's yeah, a guy that yeah. you're bringing along. He's a multi-year college player. Mm-hmm. Right, he's not a one and done wing star. El Marco Jackson looked like a multi year college player, right. and I just think like there were a lot of times in this game where I looked up and I felt like, man, like Kansas just doesn't have a guy that you want shooting the ball right now. And Dewan making those threes swung the game, but there was a lot of moments, just like big possessions of the second half, where Dewan Harris is passing up an open three, pump fake drive, kick it out to El Marco. Pump fake, drive, kick it off to McCuller, pump fake, drive. And sometimes they created a good good shot out of that. They got a layup or they got Dickinson in the ball. That's the end goal. That's great. But I also felt just like, man, like a team that should be number one in the country should have at least one guy like a Robert Dillingham, at least one guy like an Antonio Reeves, at least one guy like even a Reed Shepard. Like they don't have that guy. And I
0: think that's going to hurt them in, you know, throughout the season when they're in these big games. Okay, couple takes from me. I may have missed this. This may have already been said while I was running around trying to find pizza <laughs> for it. Uh, here's, here's what I took away from this game. There's only two teams in the country that I think can qualify as the best team in the country. I think it is Kansas. I think it is Purdue. I think that is it. Tennessee? I'm not there with Tennessee. Okay. I, I'm well, willi- I'm save willi- the debate
1: for another day. Yeah. You come.
0: No, I'm willing to hear an argument for those teams like, Third, fourth, fifth, whatever. I think the only two teams that have any sort of argument for the best team in the country are Kansas and Purdue. I think that bodes really poorly for the country. <laughs> no offense, but I, I think if we're looking at like what's going to happen in the Final Four, are we going to get blue bloods or are we going to get random ass teams again? Well, if Kansas with Hunter Dickinson is their best player is the best team in the country, it says a lot about the country, in my opinion, because uh, this Kansas team has four players. Am I wrong in that? This Kansas team has four players. Yeah, but what but we I, I actually mentioned that the Sweeney like if you have that four is not four not good enough. It shouldn't be uh, in in a good year of college basketball. Uh, your fourth best player being KJ Adams and not having a fifth should not mean you are the, the best. Fact, in the, country. the fact that Kansas
1: closing lineup included Jamari McDowell today.
0: Yeah, poor, like poor, for his first poor,
1: minutes of the game. <laughs> when, Jamari, <laughs> when Jamari McDowell caught that ball in the corner with like 20 oh, yeah. seconds to go. Yeah, just... Like it was almost like he turned around to self and was like, what the fuck am I doing yeah, here? Why, why, am I, why am I here?
0: Here's the thing for me. It's like, I I think on paper Kansas thought they had covered their bases and they had five or six good players. Here's what I think. I think Timberlake's horrible. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's ready. I think he will have games where he hits three threes. Sure. Fine. He'll playing Texas tech. He'll hit three threes this year. Cool. That that means nothing to me. I don't think he's a starter caliber player when they get to the NCAA tournament. He was rough. He was horrible. He was horrible tonight. Furphy was also horrible tonight. Marco Jackson was non-existent tonight. That means you have four players. And the reason I would say Kansas deserves to be the number one team in the country, despite all of these limitations, is because they have the luxury of DeWan Harris, who will just decide to not exert himself, deciding to exert himself and being really good when he wants to be. And uh, between him and what McCuller looks like right now, triple-double tonight, and I don't even think McCullough particularly played great for himself offensively. I, he was still very good production-wise. Between Dickinson, between him, between Harris, that's the best team in the country right now. And uh, Purdue has the argument because Edie's that good. Braden Smith appears to have made the leap. But they have the same questions at the fourth and fifth guy that Kansas has. There's no complete team in the country right now, which makes this a wide open season, which makes it very interesting. I want to ask you this. Do you buy the Kevin McCuller situation? He had a triple-double tonight. He's been their leading scorer in other games leading up to this game. Is he the breakout Jalen Wilson type superstar that they've been looking for? Well, based on this product.
1: (laughs) Our bounty ad read, bro. Did we
0: just lose the microphone again?
1: Sorry. It seems good. It did. We're good. Okay. So, yeah, the bounty ad read is rolling along. Anyway. Um uh, like, no. sorry. This is like lasagna. Man. I love like,
2: this. I love it's this. Great. This is crazy. I don't know if anyone can like actually feel what's going on right now
1: through the screen or hear what's it's
0: going 1:30 on. It's 1.30 in the morning.
1: I'm I just, have to edit I'm, all of it.
0: I'm just saying. I,
1: I I think. I think I buy that Kevin McCuller can be a 15 point per game scorer for Kansas this year. I don't buy that he can be Oche Agbaji. I don't buy that he can be. Jalen Wilson I don't buy I don't ever buy that Kansas is going to be in late game situations and be like all right like let's just clear it out and give it to Kevin right and that's scary and I don't think they're going to have that guy on this team other than Hunter Dickinson and Bill Self was very open about the fact that like look it's crowded down there for Hunter we have to do a better job getting him opportunities the thing he talked about post game was but in KJ Adams play in the short role like he did last year and lifting Hunter to the perimeter. I get that Hunter can shoot threes. I don't think that's the magic bullet. I really, I, I, it's hard for me to watch him put up 27 and 21 in traffic all day and say, like, you know, the solution for Hunter Dickinson is like put him out on the perimeter and let him shoot threes. Like that, that, that's not, that's not the answer. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I came away, I didn't come away unimpressed with Kansas. I just came away feeling again the same with Kansas. This is not an overwhelming basketball team, and yeah. I think, I think there's a chance Kentucky is like whoa. I I think there's a, there's a world where like February 1st comes around, and Kentucky feels like a national title favorite. Is like, that is that with the team they have now, or they, or or guys getting eligible, guys would getting be, healthy? Honestly, like... honestly, I would be fine if Bradshaw didn't play. I would be fine if Zvonimir, Zvonimir Ivisich doesn't play. I, I want Onyenso there for 15 minutes a game is it energy five. And he's doing but I match. want Trey Mitchell playing the five mm. for Kentucky in March. It does work. Wow. I mean, you got shooting. You got the the, wow. the ability to create mismatches with oh, him no, no, as a no, passer.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Hold on. They gave up twenty seven and twenty one to the opposing centers tonight. And we're saying we feel great about that. I mean,
1: Kentucky scored eighty four points reason why is Trey Mitchell created a mismatch every possession and sprayed it on the perimeter also how many Hunter Dickinsons are there in college basketball there's like four of them that's fair and they were in the game too and they're all even with hunters 27 and 21 and I I want and I want you gun on Yenso there or Aaron Bradshaw one of their bigs to throw 15 minutes at him but I do not want to get away from what they are right now which is a doofy at the four playing awesome basketball legit ball handlers at the one two and three guys can create offense play and pick and roll attack off the bounce like all that freedom and all that space goes away as soon as they start being like yeah trevis are four new is are three and oh yeah by the way justin edwards he's an nba two guard so like let's go like like all these guards have to play all these guards are good like dj wagner will be fine want to know who's really freaking good reed Shepard, rob dillingham had the most dynamic sequence of the night. He had the best sequence of any player I've seen all season today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those yeah. guys have to be on the floor. Let's play small. Let's space it out. Let, let, let these guards cook. And if that means Trey Mitchell with the five, it means Trey Mitchell with the five.
0: Yeah. To Sweeney's point on how good the guards are, uh, Kentucky's starting one, two, three. DJ Wagner, Antonio Reeves, Justin Edwards tonight, 8 for 43 from the floor, uh, 3 for 23 from three. They got him up. Give yourself a chance. And they nearly won the game. It's just kind of crazy that that's the takeaway for me. I think it's the right takeaway. But, like, that's that's why I'm so Again, baffled by this game. Like, I, I think Kentucky's guys were objectively bad tonight. But we're also like, holy shit, they were good. It's okay. weird. So, so, play this exact
1: game script out ten times. Yeah. How many times does Kentucky win? I don't know. I said,
0: I said eight. I've been thinking that. I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's five and five. But if you I get, don't
2: know. I mean, if you get one of those guys, one of the three. To give you something,
1: Dewan Harris went five for five from three. Like, what Cody, are you talking about?
0: Antonio Reeves was three for 17 from three tonight, right? He makes two. And more we're, gassed, we're, in game. we're gassed up about Kentucky. That's crazy. I'm
2: very me. gassed up with any player on any team taking 17. He put a 20, him.
0: he shot 25 you know, feel, balls feel, tonight. Give feel, me credit. I feel like we're overlooking that. It's just crazy to me. I um, that... I, I feel obligated to just say before we wrap this segment. Hunter Dickinson was phenomenal. Hmm. Uh, it, I I wished so hardly this was not the <laughs> result, but it is. Hunter's great. Um, point blank, I want to ask you about this. Give me the answer quickly. Can Kansas win the national title with Hunter Dickinson as their best player? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. No doubt in your minds. Uh, There's sti- a still little a doubt, in my, doubt in, my mind. My mind, in my mind. A
1: little doubt in my mind, but also. How many teams am I confidently saying can win a national championship right now? One of them is coached by Bill Self, and as an all-American, I'll
0: take that group. Yeah. That's
2: that's that's kind of how I feel. Okay. That's kind of how I feel. All right.
0: Yeah. I I think it's still 90% no, 10% yes, but it's more about the country not being there than it is Kansas and Hunter being like unbeatable. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. They look great tonight. They still were down 10 for most of the game to a Kentucky team that shot pretty horrible on the floor uh that's interesting to me. something to watch all right uh next up tonight we're going to move to illinois champaign the fighting line i hosted marquette in uh what i deemed the game of the night i know the champions classic was uh obviously huge matchups on paper but truly i was very excited to watch what would happen in this game uh tyler colic was supposedly banged up tyler colic was the best player on the floor is what actually happened he had 24 points Four assists, six rebounds. Every time you looked up, he was controlling the game. Maestro type things. Carter and I did not watch the first half of this game. I don't know what Sweeney saw, but we we did not see the first half. We watched the entire second half live from the FanDuel Sportsbook at uh, the United Center. And, I mean, man, from the moment we tuned in, Tyler Kolick was dominating the game. You've been a Kolick skeptic his entire career, especially because he was a letdown against your team in March last year. Were you impressed with Kolek tonight? I came away thinking that because Tyler
2: Kolek had a jammed right thumb, my Michigan State Spartans were ranked number fourteen in the country. <laughs> if his right thumb isn't jammed, he might pack us up in that game. He really might. I mean, he was he was all over the place. Like as you watch the game, he controlled every facet of the game, and honestly, he was pro- he was hobbled in this game, and he was still able to control the game in every facet um and Marquette as a team I just thought looked great and then in a very tough environment like we all three of us here have seen games in state farms and like we know how rowdy it gets there the orange crush and everything like that like that would that's a tough place to win a basketball game in my eyes so like it it was just impressive by Marquette I will say that I was fairly disappointed with uh I mean not Illinois as a whole But a lot of what I thought Illinois was going to be this season was it's going to ride on Terrence Shannon and it's going to ride on Coleman Hawkins. Terrence Shannon, uh, good tonight. I wouldn't say really good. I think even Terrence Shannon himself after the game said he could have been better just because he holds himself to a higher standard. Unfortunately, Coleman did not show up tonight. He didn't in a game that I thought he could have showed up. I really thought that he could have took the challenge of going up against Oso And uh, if I had to pick a winner of the battle, unfortunately, I would have to pick also just because Coleman did not show up until late in the second half. And, you know, there were some decisions made down the stretch by other players on the team uh, and (laughs) – Marquette was was able to get the win. Um,
0: but I'm still feeling good about Illinois' basketball team. I will say that. To be fair, I don't think it's a decision here. I think this is a knockout. I think like if you're doing do, who won the front court battle, is it Coleman Hawkins or Oso Oh, no, Oso, Oso won. Yeah, I don't I don't think you need to rule a decision Okay, all no, no, no. you okay. were acting like there's, there's not. Oso my, was the better ball, player Oso. tonight. Uh yeah, Coleman Coleman kind of no-showed, pretty much entirely no-showed. He was two for nine from the floor. Uh, he had a lot of mistakes, which obviously have been come to be associated with Coleman Hawkins bad games. Uh, here's my thing with Illinois. I thought Marquette was really good tonight to start. Like I I don't I don't think this is an indictment on Illinois being a bad team that they lost this game at home. I thought Tyler Cook was phenomenal, and Marquette showed the stuff of a team that won the Big East regular season and won the Big East tournament. Like, this is a very good basketball team that people have somehow come to doubt in the offseason because they lost Omax and because Tyler Cook was hurt in March. Like, the the team's been dominant in every regular season that we've seen in the last 12 months. Uh, Illinois, on the other hand, to me is a team that, much like many Brad Underwood Illinois teams, don't know what their identity is yet. And right now, what they know unequivocally is true is that Terrence Shannon is the star of this team. He's going to be the one that has to carry them night in and night out. He was good tonight. He had 21 points, 6 for 16 from the floor. He hit three threes. Marcus Damask was his running mate tonight. 18 points, three threes. Everything was good. Outside of those two guys, they didn't get much. They got Lou Goody off the bench. Lou Goody hit shots. But, uh, I mean, Ty Rogers played 29 minutes, did not stuff the stat sheet, had a wide-open dunk with a minute and a half left in the game that he should have dunked. He didn't dunk. He kicked out to a contested Lou Goody. It was Ben Simmons-esque. And I I don't know what you're doing with him on the floor if he's not going to dunk an uncontested dunk. Uh, Garrier was, uh, I mean, non-existent as a scorer tonight. He did have 10 rebounds, give him credit. But I just feel like... The more I look at Illinois, when they play good teams, not bad teams, when they play good teams, this is a team without a point guard and this is a team without a center. And I don't think you can have both of those things at once. I think you can have one of them and make shift your way around it. Tonight, with how Coleman played, you can't have a team with no point guard and no center.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's about Coleman. I mean, Coleman had five turnovers compared to three assists tonight. He was two for nine for the field. And this is not a matchup. Like, I, I'm willing to give Coleman Hawkins the benefit of the doubt when he plays the five and he's matched up with a Hunter Dickinson or he's matched up with a Zaki, right, and he's taking a beating every time down the floor. Like, if there's a game for Coleman Hawkins to say, like, look how skilled I am, look how I can play on the perimeter, it's Oso, right? Oso, Oso is what every Illinois fan has always dreamed that Coleman Hawkins would be, which is a guy who can pass like crazy, create in the short roll, create, like, like – be a dynamic offensive player without having to score the basketball every time down the floor. And Coleman is that guy 35% of the time, 40% of the time. There are moments, right? Coleman Hawkins had an awesome game against Illinois in the charity game, or Kansas in the charity game. Sorry guys. It's one forty-five. <laughs> like he was like, he was really good. And you, I watched that game. and I said like, look, we, we can indict Kansas, whatever. I was like, Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon both play well. Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon make nine threes. Illinois is probably one of the best teams in the country, right? Like that group, when they play like that, they're not getting beat. Tonight we saw good Terrence Shannon and bad Coleman Hawkins. And bad, bad Coleman Hawkins is not beating high-end competition, right? They just don't have enough juice, right? I mean, I, I think it was smart of Brad Underwood to build this team – with more a more clear hierarchy, right? Like they have defined roles. They have lower usage guys who can shoot the basketball. They have, um, you know, this team is it's Terrence Shannon, it's Coleman Hawkins, and it's guys filling their role around those two guys. And that's that's a smart building strategy because think last year culturally it was hard to have all those personalities. But it does set you up to live and die with Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. When you live and die with Coleman
0: Hawkins, it's going to be hard to win three, four, five straight games when you get to Big him play. Here's why I don't think it's smart to do this build. And we're we're past the point of why you shouldn't do this build, right? I talked about it all offseason. Eight assists, 15 turnovers. Oh, we can we can disagree with the point guard thing. Point guard thing is its own, own story. But they're stuck now, right? That's kind of like they're now we're here. Right. And they this is not the only game they're gonna have fifteen turnovers because they have to play Ty Rogers in a 30 minute role. And I, I don't think he's capable. I'm sorry guys. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't but, think he's capable. but also I, I just I don't think it's
2: fair. I I know we can harp on the whole point guard situation. I feel like that's just beating a dead horse at this point. It's the but, story of the team. Though. I know, but unfortunately the team is built the way it's built right now. And that is that Coleman has to show. And I don't want to repeat what Sweeney said, but I am going to repeat it. As a Hooper, you have a guy coming into your house that basically is you. Like, it, it, you don't want to make things bigger than the team, but in his mind, there's no way Coleman's not like this guy, also, is coming into my house. And I ain't like, also is their Coleman Hawkins. Like, I'm their also, whatever term you want to use and you let them come into your house and outplay you and play better than you. And you just, you can't have that. There's gotta be like some type of just juice or pride going on inside of you. And I think that Coleman also needs to realize that he is so damn important to this. Like he can't have these nights. He can't like it. That's not the way this team is set up. You need Terrence Shannon. and You need Coleman every night. And then you need the role players to play to The role, and honestly, tonight outside of Gary, a, I thought like the role players did okay. Like, you got out, of, you got your shots out of the mask, you got your shots out of goody, but you didn't get it. Was really just you, goody, it, though. Yeah, the mask shot well, didn't you? The mask is starter, okay? But I'm saying, like, like I'm looking like, at but the best, but, but, but that's still a role, guys. I mean, I'm not even sure. looking at bench, I'm just looking at major minutes, that's guys, fair. major role guys. That's fair, like, you just need your Batman and your Robin to play well, otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just. Terrence Shannon by himself out there, it's not going to look good.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The rest of the bench did nothing. That's what I'm hinting at. Gibbs-Lawhorn, nothing. Harmon, nothing. Hansberry, nothing. Danger, nothing. And uh, one of the odder oddities of the early college basketball season, for at least Carter and I's perspective, is that Dane Danger has gone from, like, good Big Ten center to totally unplayable. He played three minutes tonight. And for the record, we watched those three minutes. He was horrible in those three minutes. (laughs) Like, I I came fully prepared to come on here and be like, free day ninja. He was horrible in those three minutes. Like, I I don't even think us as the biggest fans can sit here and say free day ninja. I think if Illinois had its way, there would have been
1: like an amicable split this offseason when his stock was a little higher and they could just like slide into Monty Hansberry is the bag of five. He'd be a two-time though, wouldn't he? Yes, right. So, yeah, right. So. now there was no, there was no way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But, but looking, like looking, like looking back, Dame Danger does not fit on how this team wants to play. Right. Like you're gonna play Coleman at the five. That's cool. It's 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 the best way to maximize Coleman. And then you have this freshman Amani Hansberry, who's a high motor, high work rate rebounder, active guy around the rim. Whereas Dame, you have to throw it to him on the block. Right. Like Illinois offense never runs through the block. Right. Like colin hawkins is never catching it uh, in the low post back backing you down backing you down. dane is a unique player dane is a dane can be a weapon in certain situations but i just think it's hard for you to fit in right like there it is easy for like that eddie johnson jamal crawford like small guard who comes in and puts up shots to just come into the game put the ball in his hands all right go do your thing rip up the offense right it's really hard to do that with a big and that's what Dane Danger is like Dane Danger is a like he he's a he's a combo guard who plays I didn't mean
2: to come All right, free Dane we didn't we didn't want to come in free Dane but now I'm saying free Dane so here here's my issue can I ask this though if Coleman's playing the way he's playing tonight right you have Dane at your disposal right why are you how many minutes did Coleman play tonight Coleman played 30 minutes. Dane played three minutes. I See, I love Coleman. But if Coleman's playing the way he played tonight, like maybe throw Dane if, out there and see how it yeah, felt. Well, at, at, least a, for, but, at least for a
1: stretch. You know what I'm well, saying? Like let's put minutes. it this way. If they weren't willing to even really entertain the idea of Dane just bullying Oso, mm-hmm. how, how, what does that say
0: about what Dane has been in practice? Here's my issue. Here's my issue with this. this Here's my, no, here's my issue with this, and I I know I'm alone in this. Greg, I know. Great hates practice. By the way, I know I know that I am going to get shit for this from any Illinois fan watching our video. Hey, hold on. we we saw one Illinois fan in the FanDuel Sportsbook tonight, and he did. said he appreciates what you do. We did. <laughs> that, I'm gonna, that counts. I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest with this, and you, you joke about it. Oh, I hate practice. Here's why I do hate practice: because there's no public record of practice. What Whatever people tell us happened in practice, we haven't seen to know if it actually happened or not. Coaches will use practice as their narrative for whatever the hell. That, I'm sure Xavier Booker's been horrible in practice, right? I'm sure Mati Sissoko's been killing it in practice. I will not say that, but right? I know for a fact I'm that sure. Xavier Booker has been struggling in practice. Yeah, well, I, I know for a fact Mati Sissoko's been crushing it in practice. Here's the point. Dane Danger won the basketball games last year. Say whatever the hell you want to do we witnessed it we went he, to he won one basketball game last year that's a basketball game you, you said basketball game dane danger won them a basketball game i saw it with my own eyes because who okay did, who did he play i love dane he played body Sissoko. exactly that, that's what it Mati is
1: Sissoko is the modern
0: day slump bus. i disagree you like, bring in a bitch, you come body all right great time i think he had games in fact i i am willing to look up game logs from Dane Danger right now if you're going to make me. I think he had it. The point is he had an impact on last year's team. Mm -hmm. And it's, my issue here is not specific to Dane. My issue here is a consistent thing that has happened to Brad Underwood's program. Guys that have made an impact one year are suddenly relegated to no role the next year for little to no reason other than they don't fit what we want to do. Look, he never knows what he wants to do. He doesn't know what he wants to do. So, it changes every month. So I will say this.
1: And I think this has been discussed enough that like putting this like somewhat uh, like not public thing out there, it's not an issue. No one in Illinois thought that Colin Hawkins was coming back. Like this off season was not approached. The, there, there was no part of Brad Underwood on May 1st that was operating this off season in the way that they recruited thinking we will have Coleman Hawkins back. And I think when you got to June 1st and all of a sudden he was because the NBA feedback was bad and his pre-draft was not well run agents and stuff, whatever. All right. Like what can we do with what we have now? Right? Because without Coleman Hawkins, you have Gary a. as your four. You have Dane and Hansberry as your fives. It all kind of adds up okay. But Coleman has to play, right? And I, and I understand your point, which is that, look, Coleman's playing bad. Let's get him off the of floor. But I think Underwood probably looked up and said, all right, like Coleman's backhand. Coleman's a weapon. Coleman's 6'10". He's very skilled. He can pass. He can shoot the ball. He is best as a five, though. Like we watch Coleman Hawkins, safe. He is not like like as a power forward. He struggles as a five. He's like he 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 makes an impact because he can do some of the stuff that Oso does. He can he can pass and he can playmake and he can pull bigs away from the rim. So he has to be a five. So if he has to be a five, and we can't lose Amani Hansberry because he's a big part of our future. He's an active rim running big that we really like and plays hard. And it's like a everyday guy, as you will. He's a big part of the future now. Is he a big part of the future next year? I think so. I mean, him it changes and Mar- every him, year. him and Marez Johnson. Yeah, it changes but, every single year but, under Brad Underwood. But but you see, like like you see how Dane
0: gets kind of lost in the shuffle here, right? What guys don't get lost in the shuffle though? Like, but, 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 okay, but
2: I, I, I know I know what you're going at, but at the same time, guys get lost in the shuffle in college basketball all the time. But guys,
0: I'm okay with actual guys getting lost in the shuffle that haven't earned significant production. Are we in a role like Dane Dangerous? like, I mean, you said coming? you humming like you did say yourself his three minutes today were bad, but all Dane Danger was I'm a
1: problem is, for Illinois last year on a team that was not good. I, I thought thought he, Oh, whoa, whoa. He was. But whoa, hold, first on, of all, hold on a it
0: was, second. It good last year. I don't think Illinois would agree with that.
2: But but what I'll say is this, like it, it, in the offseason, I feel like everyone was saying, at least this is what I was saying, so I, I won't say everyone. I was saying I actually see Illinois having depth this season. I think they have legitimate, they could play 10 guys on this basketball team. So to me, in a game where one guy isn't playing well, why are you not giving another guy some extended run? I'm just taking this on a game-by-game basis. And in this game, I don't think that based on how Coleman was playing, that Dane should play three minutes. I think that it should be so. Okay. Obviously, obviously, though, you know, it, it's, it's based on matchups. It's based on a lot of things going on during the game. But just looking at it from a overview, a very broad standpoint, with the way Coleman was playing, if I'm Dane also, Dane's like, I mean, Coleman's not. I mean, he, it's, it's natural in basketball to be like, okay, he's not really having an impact, and I don't even have a chance to show what I can do. Like, that's, that just doesn't seem right. I think Dane's too talented for that not to be given okay. a chance.
1: One stat. Last year. Uh-oh. You got this ready. You this ready. Last year. I don't even know what that module. is. A, this is on home screen. This is, this is per hoop exploit. Against top 100 <laughs> opponents. Ever never heard about that. Against top 100 opponents. Not a ball. No. It Illinois, Illinois was 15.4 points per 100 possessions worse with Dane Danger on the floor of that off. that this year, last year, last year, okay, like Dane, like Dane, I I I do not hate Dane. I think Dane is a fun player. I think Dane is a weapon in certain scenarios. I think he's a great. Backup but I don't game. blame I don't blame oh, Illinois for him, rebuilding its team around other guys, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them riding the horses like Coleman Hawkins, even if he's struggling. Because I just think he's too weird a player comparative to how they want to play.
0: That's totally fair. I'm I'm totally fine with that being the end result. All I'm saying is I think at minimum, Dane is like a good backup big that I'm shocked is only getting three minutes. Like gar- three garbage time minutes. I'm shocked that that is what he's been relegated to. And I don't think this is the first time that a productive player one year has been relegated to that the next year. Last thing, because releg- we're not going to make this whole episode, even though it's a very long episode at this point. Coming into this game when
2: we did the game preview, I was bringing up the fact that this could be a game that Dane could play. Yeah, you gotta stop that. Well, yes. I'm saying like against an to me, an undersized front court, I feel like this was a game that Dane could could dominate. You've said that three straight games though to open the season. Have I? Yes. I'll go I'll literally cut it off in the clip. But when he did <laughs> against against Eastern Illinois, he had fourteen points. He's capable of that. That's why I'm confused. He, 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 you scored
0: he, he, like twelve against Eastern Illinois. That's crazy. I wouldn't have Hamlin's <laughs> tough. <laughs> Carter gave me a tough seven today. By the way, I it was did. seven four. We were late to the Champions Classic. Right, hold
1: on, we we need to like put this gigantic mass of pizza that Greg is just grabbing onto the screen. Like, what is happening here? Nice piece of pizza. Hey, we, look, even I guess my... at this
2: time of night
0: is just insane. You're, uh, as you're on your second, I place. mean it is. Man.
1: Order, yeah,
0: DoorDash and Hey Deep Dish. We at... have a full bag of sides. By the way, I haven't even tapped into that's Sorry, for, that's for after we 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 stop recording. Uh, okay, fun fun episode today. I feel like we spent the entire Illinois section on Dane. That's not necessarily what I intended. Uh, let's just do a quick around the horn. More or less concerned about Illinois after this game. Does it matter? Does it not? They lost at home to a top five team, Marquette. Are you more concerned? Yes or no, sweetie?
1: Marginally more because somehow I just never saw a world where they lost this game. Mm. Like I thought I thought there was no – and I give Kola credit, and I think Marquette's really good. But, like, I woke up this morning, like, 100% confident that Illinois wins this game at home. Like, if Illinois is a really good team, they're a top 20, top 15 team, this is a game they win at home. Unless, unless my view of Marquette changes in the next two months, which is they're, they are the line between good and great. If, if Illinois can't win that game at home, we have to start worrying, Is Illinois have, does Illinois have a chance to be great?
0: Illinois is the blank best team in the Big Ten third still who's second oh geez i guess i have to
1: consider michigan for this now don't i uh i mean i still think it's i, I don't know it, i guess i think it's purdue michigan illinois michigan state
0: wow wow okay it's like i guess it feels like a hot take right now okay final question for me to both of you we've done this you and i a bunch every time we had a segment we ended this it's the round of 32 and they're in a dogfight against Eric Musselman. They're down six with three minutes left. Who's on the floor for Illinois? For Illinois? Yep. Who's on the floor? Down six, three minutes left in your season, round of 32. Who's on the floor? I love repeating things. I'm up for Illinois. I know you're talking about. Illinois.
2: Uh, it's going to be Justin Harmon, Terrence Shannon. <laughs> that's
0: crazy. That's the first name.
2: It, I, <laughs> trust insane. me. Come March, that's who it's going to be. I promise you. It's insane. It'll be Justin Harmon. It'll be Terrence Shannon it'll be Damask, it'll be Garrier, and it'll be Coleman. Same answer.
1: Yes, that's the... That's actually, it? Hold on. I can't... You know what? Fuck. Ty Rogers is on the floor, not Justin yeah. Harmon. Yeah. If, <laughs> like if Illinois has a chance, like, if Illinois is playing for a Sweet 16, they gotta ride the guy that they kept calling Andre Jackson. Like, if he's actually <laughs> Andre Jackson,
0: he has to play, not Justin That pass tonight was not Andre Jackson. Can we just... You didn't see it, did you? No, no, no. Trust me.
1: Every... Like, like every coach in America has had an athletic non-shooting wing and has convinced... Has played off a player comparison that makes this player useful. And usually it doesn't work. But Andre Jackson has just emboldened, like, three full years of coaches into thinking that there's Will. Yeah. And I... I saw moments from Ty. Like, I've seen I've seen it in the Kansas game. I've seen it. Like, I do think Illinois is doing some smart stuff with dribble handoff stuff, with the way they're using him off the ball. Like, I think Ty Rogers will be a good player for Illinois this season. As a four. Did
0: you see but the pass tonight, though? I didn't see the pass tonight. That's it. Okay, we're going to show you the pass. We're going to show you the pass. Literally, we're going to show you the pass. <laughs> I was all in on everything Sweeney just said. Until we saw the pass. You saw the pass. Because actually
1: Ty Rodgers was playing well. I was We're saying, find so, the pass. right. At the end of the day, that, that that's the question, right? In March, is he so is he so scared of playing in a high level, okay, but, a high level scorer that he's making decisions that hurt the team, right? That's the decision. If if this play is as bad as everyone says it claims to be, that is a decision that hurts the team. Right?
2: Okay, but also in March, do we care? what Illinois' starting lineup is because at any point... No, what's the there's... closing lineup? I'm oh, sorry. Do we care what the closing lineup yes. is? Yes. I don't because I'm have Terrence Shannon on the floor. And I feel good about that.
0: Do you feel better about Terrence Shannon than Tyler Colen? Like, that was... My question to you before we clicked mm-hmm. record last night mm-hmm. was what's the bigger mismatch? Terrence Shannon versus the Marquette guard slash wings? They're going to mm-hmm. guard him? Or... Tyler Colek versus Illinois, no point guard. But like I said, I thought Terrence was Shan- Yeah, but Terrence Shannon could have played better tonight, and still, I thought Shannon played great tonight. I thought he played so- great. No, he
2: didn't. He did not. You don't think so? No, he no. didn't. I think he. Right. I think he missed some shots that he normally
1: takes. If, right? but if the bar for Terrence is first team All American for this team to be actually as good as everyone wants it to be, we're going to be disappointed, right? Because it's a reason Terrence
0: Shannon's still in college for his COVID year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Also, they're airing Hunter Dickinson highlights in the background of this at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. What are we... I hate my life right now. I can't believe this is where we're at. Let's end the show with one big thing. Presented by Bigby, of course. I'm going to need some Bigby tomorrow, Cart. Uh, Sweeney, do you want to start us off with your one big thing for the night? Presented by Bigby? My one big thing is that my girlfriend went to Harvard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I swore that's what I thought it was gonna be. You pick your own.
1: I was gonna say that Kentucky is a is a like <laughs> top seven contender to win a national championship. I like that. But yes, uh, my, my girlfriend did go to Harvard. <laughs> Shout out to Caroline.
0: Caroline. Uh
1: I'm going to Harvard Yale football this weekend in New Haven, which uh <laughs> be electric. it's I, I think it's like <laughs> I'm serious. I think it's He's such a about I you. think it's half flag football, half real football. But I'm excited to see. I, I I went to the nerd football school, Northwestern. Right? Like, I'm excited for like real nerd football. <laughs> uh, so that, that's my one big thing of the week. Real nerd real football. Real nerd football. Real, real nerd football. I football say you're you're
0: familiar with flag football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, the yeah. Cat, hey, the Cats might be going fucking bowling. <laughs> Shut up.
2: <laughs> that's, that's more than some could say
1: for some programs in this room. Hey, just, can I get
0: uh, a quick Pat Fitzgerald check? How do we feel about him?
1: I love Fitz. Uh, <laughs> everything that happened sucks, and I, I hate that it did. But I also – it's still hard for me to, like, wrap my head around the fact that he doesn't push, you know, Yeah, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Like, he means something to every person. who's.
0: What's doing. tougher, wrapping your head around the fact that Pat doesn't coach the football team or the fact that Chris Collins does coach your basketball team?
1: Chris Collins for Louisville. Watch out. <laughs> I saw a fan put
0: it out today. Louisville fan. they're they're in other Chris Collins
1: there in, in
0: Louisville. I, I, I think it could happen. Maybe you could hire Kenny Payne. Everything would just be up, 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 up.
1: If Northwest I, – I, I cannot wait for, for Tony Stubbs with his Kenny Payne on December 9th. We need we need, we need, need Kenny to hang on for another month. Kenny. Oh, John, God, Josh yeah, Heard, no. if you're hearing this, please give Kenny until the DePaul game. Oh, we all God. need this. The what? sleepers should come into Chicago to watch Kenny Payne versus Tony Stubblefield, the battle of – Worst coach, You Not
2: just anymore. you just messed up because I just pictured Chris Collins to Louisville in my head, and I'm thinking next year Sky
0: Clark, Brooks barnheiser backcourt, <laughs> and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be scenes. Cart, while we throw it to you right now, there's a graphic on the screen that says the Michigan State started the season four for 44 from three point range. Also, I just want to throw out, it's past two a.m. Uh, I believe Eastern time, maybe Central time. I don't Central time. Central time. So Central it's time. three in the morning Eastern time right now. Yeah, we're insane for this. Uh, <laughs> Card, I just want to say you look good in that polo, my friend. Like you you've been in the gym. You look you look pretty good right now. The cut looks good. I appreciate you, my friend. What's your one big thing? Okay, can it can it be two parts? Sure.
2: For the first part of my one big thing is Kentucky, your favorite to win the SEC.
1: You're just asking. I still questions. like
2: Tennessee. You still like, still okay, like all right. You're so high on Kentucky, but you're still picking Tennessee. Okay. Well, I, I, I,
1: I, 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 I've, I I've had know. Tennessee as a top five team okay. since I, before that's, Michigan State. So, as we, You're getting defensive. I just wanted to know. That's, that's our first ever one big thing.
2: That's just a question. So <laughs> I wanted. to That's oh, <laughs>
0: right, 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 a question.
2: That's all I want to know. Uh My one big thing is that if you are going to create a chip and put disrespect out in the open you better answer the call or else you're just going to prove that the disrespect was warranted.
0: Mm, all right. That seems like my one big thing could potentially piggyback off that. Just hypothetically. We like a good piggyback here, right? So we like a good piggyback. My one big thing is just the notepad emoji. <laughs> That's all. That's it. That's it. Just, just the notepad emoji. Can I have one more one big thing?
1: Yeah. fun of course i my, my 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 extra one big thing is that i've been sitting back against this casual episode and because of this it basically look like <laughs> i'm small i promise those listening i am six foot three i am not short i'm a normal sized <laughs> human being all right so. greg does not tower over me carter does Ow. carter towers over everyone well Sam i am not six, short six three great fit for anyone who can't
0: see girlfriend <laughs> went to heart i mean the kid can't miss folks
2: the
1: kid can't miss he can't miss
0: it was a great episode. Thank you for being with us. I can't believe we're still awake right now. We'll see you on Thursday on this Leavers podcast. Special shout out to Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Brad. We will see you next time. Have a great night.